I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. It's Craig Moore and John Hartson. It was Barry Ferguson against Neil Lennon at the time, wasn't Same. it? And generally, whoever won that midfield battle, mm-hmm. your team would go pretty close to go on and win the game. There's enough motivation there for Rangers to go on and do the right things. Now it's up to the players to deliver. If John Kennedy goes the season, wins the Scottish Cup, and manages to beat Rangers in, in the last game, he makes a play for the job. The Goal Radio Football Show. With OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Leanne Crichton. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 700. Well, the 10 match ban for Andres Kudela is the talking point, the biggest talking point tonight. You hear it there on the news. What do you think? 0808 1717 700. For the racist comments he made, it's now been ruled by UEFA that he did and he misses 10 matches. But is that enough? And also, Kamara himself. Misses three games because of an incident in the tunnel afterwards. Rangers are fined for, quotes, not controlling their players, but there's no fine for Slavia Prague for not controlling Kudela. And Kemar Roof has also been banned for four games for that uh, challenge on the goalkeeper, which saw him injured uh, at Ibrox a few weeks ago. But the biggest talking point is, what about Andres Kudela? And is this the signal that shows that the UEFA are trying to cut out racism? Barry Ferguson. Ten games for me, it's laughable. I'll be honest with you. I think they they had to make a statement here, um, and I, I'm talking ban them for twelve months, make a statement, let people know this is not acceptable. Um, so when I heard when the, the ban come through and it was ten games, um, it's a joke. That's all I can say. Leanne Crichton, what do you think? I agree. I, I, it's not enough. You know, there's no statement in that. It will barely impact the club you know, let alone society in the wider community. This could have been a real statement in terms of European football, world football. There was an opportunity there to really go and deal with racist behaviour. There's no place for it on the football pitch. And what we're saying now is that in what, a spell of six weeks, the ban will be over, brushed under the carpet and we move on. It's not good enough. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. This this guy, um, Leanne says off air he's injured just now, but this guy could be back playing in four or six weeks. Missing 10 games They've, UEFA are saying It's the maximum They can impose But clearly You feel it's not enough And it's not enough statement And I'm surprised They're not taking action Against the club itself Yeah I'm surprised At that as well Paul If that's the maximum That they can impose They need to look at that You know there has to be Certain incidents And situations That require You know Light A, a bigger ban mm-hmm. So if the, if the rules Or whatever they have in place uh, Prevents them doing that they, they need to review that situation Because It's the only way There will be change There's no fans in stadiums Just now What impact Is this ban Really going to have On a club that You know <laughs> Are coming towards The end of the season um, By the time you start again Next year And fans are back in stadiums This is forgotten about mm-hmm. This is the worry, this is the concern, this is why week by week now we, we address and we change the stance that we take. You know, we were taking the knee, we're back to standing, we're chopping and changing, we're trying to keep the message out there. This is not sending a message. You know, this is a slap in the wrist and we move on. 
and there's been no apology, Barry, from the football club, from Slavia Prague to Rangers and uh, to Glenn Kamara. They've not said sorry. Yeah, listen, um, I, I don't really know what you say. I've, I've not apologised for it. Um, it just makes me sick, Paul. It, we, we see so many incidents and then obviously that was highlighted in, in this game. Um, what Kudela done to Glenn Kamara um, and I was expecting a far more severe punishment and as I said 10 games it's not enough um, I'm looking at 12 month that minimum minimum you make would... a point make a statement mm. and ban the player it's clear what happened in the game it was sickening it was a disgrace what happened in the game but for me the guy could be back playing football as we just mentioned there yeah. four or six weeks time statement coming out now from Slavia Prague and the chairman is saying that their player Kudela should not have approached Glenn Kamara they haven't referred they haven't admitted that he um, issued a horrible racist slur and he said we'll take steps to make sure that doesn't happen again approach a player but they should have t- taken these steps before the player was found guilty and they should be found because everybody yep. knew what had happened that night we all witnessed it as a player, I recognise that reaction on the pitch. There's only a, a couple of things in life that would happen that would provoke that sort of reaction. Everybody knew they had their opportunity at the time to come out and address it, you know, and it, assure people that they knew that their player had done wrong. They didn't do that. You know, it's reactive PR now. They're coming out. We, we, they're trying to paper over the cracks and salvage a situation. Um, it's not good enough. It, you know, it's a weak statement at best. They should have come out long ago and they should have addressed it. And at that, that would have spoke volumes to everybody else because at the point you start coming out and calling out your own, that's when we'll start to make progress with this. You know, if it was me, if I had a player in my team that acted the way Cudela did, hands down, it would not be tolerated. Yep, you, Genuinely, I would not sure. tolerate it. And until that happens and you start calling out people, whether it affects your team or not, um, then we'll find. But we'll see. We'll see what's lagging. You knew something severe was says with the reaction yeah. of the player, Glenn yeah. Kamara. Now, I've watched Glenn Kamara closely as a Rangers player since he's arrived at the club. He's cool, calm, collected on the pitch, never gets ruffled <laughs> up or whatever. But what was said was severe that night. And you've seen the reaction of Glenn Kamara and you've seen the reaction of Glenn Kamara's teammates. And bearing in mind, Paul, this is not the first time that, that Slavia Prague have been drawn into these allegations around racism. Other players within their stadium have been affected by these. So why are the club not being punished? Why is there no fine for Slavia Prague? Why is there no further sanctions in place for that club? Remove them for European football. Why is just one player being punished? Because it's clearly a culture within the club that's accepted mm-hmm. because if it wasn't accepted we would have heard that apology from Slavia Prague before today when a player was found guilty Great points you make Barry and Leanne what do you think 0808 17 17 700 and we're on the socials at Go Football Show or you can text your message to go to 87474 your message to 874 Seven four text go plus your message. Well, that's the breaking news in the the last hour. Uh, what about Kmar Roof getting a four match ban, Barry? For the you know, look, it, look, it was a dangerous challenge. But uh, I mean, I watched it a number of times. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kmar Roof is went in to try and hurt the goalkeeper. If I'm being honest with you, mm-hmm. look, it was high. It was dangerous. You seen um, the mess that the goalkeeper's face was yeah. in, um, but four games I think it's a bit harsh if I'm being honest with you 
And what about the three-match ban on Glenn Kamara for an incident apparently in the tunnel afterwards? So he misses three UEFA Cup matches. Well, I can imagine how Glenn Kamara was feeling after mm-hmm. after being racially abused on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I know but what I would do if one of my teammates it happened to one of my teammates. I would be going absolutely crazy, mental in in that tunnel. Um, and I can understand Glenn Kamara. Um, what he's been subject to racism it's no nice um, and I would have reacted probably in the same manner I'm not saying it's the right way to react um, but sometimes it gets a bit too much and I think at the yep. point that, that Glenn Kamara's felt that that situation wasn't dealt with that night the officials didn't deal with it the people within the stadium couldn't deal with it the reaction from Slavia Prague would have told you that, that Glenn Kamara was the problem that night so he was clearly frustrated I agree with Barry it's not the right way to to do no. things um, and he needs to, to learn from that and, as do the club but how ironic that you're a player that's racially abused and you face a ban mm. that, put, that put just yourself, sums up how embarrassing the, the whole situation is put, from UEFA put yourself in Glenn Kamara's shoes mm-hmm. you know what I mean I, I know how I would feel mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a yeah. tough one for him it's not how you would want to react no but it's, it's not but it's how you I'm, would. I'm not yeah. condoning no, that reacting yeah. and yep. whatever we've never seen what happened inside mm-hmm. the, the tunnel mm-hmm. Right, but I can imagine maybe it just came to boiling point and he felt that that was the way he had to react. If you probably ask him now, he probably would have said, I wish I'd just went straight to the dressing room. Um, but look, I can totally understand it was a it was a tough one for him. When I, I seen his reaction when it happened, it was um, I was angry watching the game yep. when I seen it. So I can imagine how he felt and how his teammates felt. Mm-hmm. And he now wishes that he had walked off, I think. But I think he was so shocked at the time that he just, he was stunned by it. It's a horrible It's a, ca- a catch-22 though, Paul, because yep. if Glenn Kamara had left the pitch that night, it happened a couple of weeks later in the Valencia match, mm-hmm. in the yep. racist uh, incident on the pitch. That player was then removed from the game and both teams agreed to continue. So that for me already loses every bit of um, noise that you're trying to, to raise with that. You know, both teams now need to accept that if there's a racial incident like that on the pitch, the game needs to end. Genuinely, for me, if it happens on the pitch and I'm part of that, I'm off the pitch. My teammates are coming off. Because until that happens and until sanctions are imposed, how can you be punished as a team like Valencia would have been punished if they never continued that match. The chairman is of Slavia saying, I deeply regret that, that he approached Glenn Kamara and I apologise to him for a situation that has clearly caused distress to him. It's caused everybody distress, mm. not just Glenn Kamara. <laughs> the whole like yeah. football and world is distressed at this situation. You know, and clearly Slavia out, are the only team uh, and the only people involved in this that I mean, don't seem that distressed. It's, it's caused distress, but... When they come out with a 10 game ban, mm-hmm. well, what chance you got? What chance you got? You, you've got to come down on a player. When they're found guilty, tougher than that. And I'm talking, I'm, some people might call it too severe, but I, I'm talking 12 months. Go and make a statement. If this you, ain't right what's happening. If you racially abuse somebody in the street, you potentially could face a, a jail sentence. Yep. yep. So, <laughs> what, what is this punishment? Why should it be different in yeah. football? Yep. You know, it's on your track record. Is there a black mark against your name now that mm. you, you know, the same way it would be when you've got something on your record? You don't get employed. You know, if I had racially mm. abusing somebody in the street and I go and try and have a, and that's on there, is somebody employing me? Right. Do you know what? I'm going to go off it yep. here. Do you know you can get fined if you're driving and your car hits a puddle and it splashes on somebody? You can get fined. <laughs> can you? <laughs> <actually>? <laughs> 
Seriously? Do you just drive about all day trying to find no. fun? No, no. I get told yeah. that on a day. I'll need to look if, to see if it's truthful. We'll better double check that. Yeah. Listen, we love talking football and we will tonight. We're looking forward to the cup games this weekend and top of the bill, Rangers against Celtic, three o'clock on Sunday in the next hour we're going to speak to the St Mary manager Jim Goodwin what a season they've had they just missed out by well goal difference or by five minutes they missed out on the top six but Jim's going to join us in the second hour and of course he's got uh, St Mary against Inverness Cali Thistle on Thursday night so he's going to join us as well yeah, yeah, but it's been nearly a great season just missing out on goal difference for the top six. Obviously, they were in the uh, the semi final and they never really turned up on on that day. Um, they could have had a great chance to get to a final, but overall, I think if you, you asked everybody at the start of the season, a lot of people would have probably said, "Look, St. Murnar are one of the favourites mm-hmm. to be fighting relegation." Mm-hmm. So he's done a fantastic job, and the biggest thing that that's jumped out at me and. I've got to give him a lot of credit for. I think his recruitment's been excellent. Mm. He's went and took chances on players that I didn't know a lot about and I'm sure a lot of people uh, would be the same, but they've certainly impressed me when I've, I've watched it, man. So, Liam, we are going to talk football very shortly, but the other thing on the go today, on the internet as well, is a video that's been going around, a couple of videos since last night, um, shared by a lot of people, and it's a, a, if it is Neil Lennon, it's distressing. He looks in distress, um through drink or whatever and he has been abused by someone who has videoed it so I mean it looks as though we, it's been a day out or whatever he is in a bad state we've all been in a bad state in public somebody's videoed it and they've retweeted it and I mean it's just awful isn't it the stuff in social media that's inappropriate and it's hard for public figures and it's it's, it's a painful watch I'm not asking anyone to mm-hmm. watch it you wouldn't, you've seen it Leanne what do you feel about this? Listen it's horrible now Paul because nobody um, can actually go about life without the fear of another person, you know, taking a video, taking a photo. Me and Barry were speaking before we came on here. It would actually put you off going to public places now and socialising with people for the fear that 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 person's waiting to to you know pounce on the fact that you're Neil Lenny. If, if he's having a good time and he, he's out of a job just now and he's having a bit of time away for the game, it, it's nobody. It, we're not in a position to judge Neil Lennon He's he's a a guy living life, you know, and he doesn't deserve to be subjected to abuse that follows that video and everything else. People really need to think a bit longer about how their actions now implicate another person. In social media, they need to step up. There has to be a level of accountability. You know, is it right that you should be able to post videos and photos of someone else online? You know, like, what are the laws and legislation around that when it has such an impact? Um, it's sad, really sad, because um, we know the pressure that Neil Lennon was under at, at Celtic before yeah. he left. Um, he, as I say, it's time away for the game now. Just let him have time away. Why are people hounding other people in the street? Barry, how did you feel when you saw the video last night? Do you know what's sad, Paul? The person who's videoing it... Mm. Straight away, when I seen it, mm-hmm. I don't get what people get out of doing things like that. Um, do they find it funny? Do they think they're big? Do they think they're smart? Um, I don't like it. And Leanne made a good point. It just puts puts you off. Want to go out and socialise with your with your mates because you don't know who could be um, videoing you or, or whatever. If you go out and you you let you let your hair down, sorry, let yourself have a couple of drinks and. then enjoy yourself you're allowed to do it it's your own free time and the thing um, is, but I just I'll go back to it. why I don't get people who want to do things like that and post it on the internet I don't it, get it it's sad because see if you were out I mean if 
I'm out anywhere and whatever, even at football when we kids are coming up to you, their parents send them over, you know, go and get a photo, go and speak to you. I was the same as a kid, you know, following players around, trying to get autographs, whatever, you absolutely love it. Then you see that older generation that are the same, that are starstruck, that you actually don't know who to trust now, Paul. You know, and that's what's really sad because if you're a down-to-earth kind of person that's happy to encourage fans, supporters that come over uh, and mingle and, and be a normal human being, you actually it can be quite detrimental because at the point you open yourself up to that and you let your guard down and you see it all the time, people that then turn these videos online um, into making a mockery, you know, and, and that's not nice. It provokes the wrong reaction. I just think it's really sad, you know, and, and that's a, a mindset that I think in society we need to get that change. Absolutely. Barry, we'll talk football. Did you want to say something else on that? I know because you were, everyone, when we saw yeah, it last no, night, I did. they were... Just as leaves a nasty taste, taste yeah, doesn't it? It's, it's horrible. It's, it's no nice. Yeah. I, I don't like saying it. And as I yeah. said, it, it really puts you off. And yeah. I'm sure players will be looking at that and thinking, well, what's the point? I'm not even going to go out and, mm-hmm. and run the risky someday video. Because they could catch you at a stage when you're not even had a drink. And it, they could make you look... Mm-hmm. Yeah. if you've had a couple it um, must put you off actually even if somebody comes up and says Barry can I get a photo with you or whatever you don't know whether or not I'm being genuine or whether I want yeah, to well, say I would never yeah. I, I would never say no like, if somebody comes up and asks yeah. me for a photo but I have been in a couple of incidents when it's went um, the wrong yeah. way mm-hmm. somebody's tried to, to make smart. a fool yeah. yeah and um, but it also I've probably you- no reacted in the right way um, but just watching it last night it's it just brings a sadness that somebody yeah. actually need feels the need to go and record their video things. Mm. I know. And Neil Lennon's a father as well. Mm. You true. know, like, yeah. he's a yeah. son, he's yeah. he's a family member to somebody. So you try to tell me... How does that look, you know, that if that guy was... That guy that has never had a few drinks no. and been a bit off it. Of yeah. They're cowards, these people. Mm-hmm. Absolute cowards. That's, listen, that's yeah. why I hate social media. Go Radio Football Show. Leanne, we're going to try and cheer you up this evening because you were watching Dunfermline <laughs> Dundee last night. Nil, nil. Uh, do I want to ask you about it? No, I don't. Not at the moment. Not Dundee. Uh, because uh, Wraith Rovers is a good result for them. They're two points clear. Yeah. And we're mentioning that because that's the race to try and get into the Premiership. OK, loads of we've got Champions League tonight as well. Chelsea through last night. But uh, yeah. Could they go all the way, Barry? Yeah, there's every uh, possibility. Um, they could go all the way um, but I'm looking forward to the Dortmund Man City game that's yeah. the game I'll be watching be tonight it's going to yep. be tough the Pep's been coming up with some Listen, great stuff they're, yeah. they're, a, they're a very very yeah. good team Dortmund um, but I think Man City have got the quality they've, they've proven in the past that they can go away from home in the Champions League and get the results so I fancy them the sunshine is here in the west of Scotland you're on Go Radio and we're going to have loads of football between now and seven But I want to tell you now, one in three men in Scotland have experienced suicidal thoughts as a result of stress alone, as a result of stress alone. All week on this Go Radio Football show, we're in association with Men Matter Scotland to support and to highlight men's mental health. The following is a testimonial from Andrew, who attends the charity that aims to prevent suicide and help men in need right across Scotland. My name is Andrew McAllister. I first became aware of Men Matter Scotland before it had even opened its doors. It's no exaggeration to say I owe my life to Men Matter Scotland and I don't even want to think about where I would be if I hadn't started using this service. At first I thought my problems were alcohol related and so I began visiting AA but I soon realised it was the problems in my head that was causing the most damage. There was a time when I had just started getting my head together but unexpectedly lost custody of my child. This was one of the lowest points of my life 
But with the help of Menmark Scotland, I was able to turn my life around in a way that I never thought was possible. I did everything I possibly could to make changes, to make progress and to move forward with my life. I now have my own house and I'm moving closer and closer to having my son back on a full-time basis. It was Menmark Scotland that helped get me to this point. Men need these organisations. From a young age, we were taught never to show our feelings to soldier on and to sweep things under the rug. But we do have feelings and we do fall down. But that doesn't make us any less of a man. Men Matter Scotland are there to help pick you up and do everything they can to make sure you don't face your problems alone. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Andy. And thanks for listening, everyone, at this point. If you would like more information on the great work Men Matter Scotland do, then please visit This is go.co. .uk okay just visit this is go.co.uk the go radio football show download the go radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 the go radio football show Let's go. thanks chris for the traffic and travel paul cooney with barry ferguson the former rangers and scotland captain and Leanne Crichton of Glasgow City. We're looking forward to the big matches this weekend. Sunday is going to be huge. Rangers against Celtic at three. Leanne, you're on Glasgow City, joint top of the table, and this week you're up against Motherwell. Yeah, we are. Ten past four kickoff is on, on Sunday, Paul, so I won't be across the old firm game. I'll need to keep that one uh, recorded and try and catch it later on. But no, we've had a, a couple of good wins the last few weeks back on track and just trying to keep on the coattails of Rangers who are at the, the top of the table and better goal difference on us just now so it's going to be really tight uh, it's just important that we keep winning you helped it last weekend was it seven goals four for yeah. seven yeah, yeah seven on Sunday three the week before against Celtic yeah. uh, just important it's been tough you know getting back up to speed you can see it in the players but we've got a big squad and um, you know Scott's trying to utilise that just now but we're doing okay Barry is getting excited how many sleeps to go now before the old firm four sleeps four <laughs> sleeps <laughs> yeah. can't wait yeah. um, get excited I just love old firm games I love the build up um, amazing games the best um, derby in the world for me best game yeah. lucky enough to be involved in so many um, great times some difficult games as well um, but mm. listen that's par for the course it's how you respond when you when you have a tough old firm defeat um, but listen I can't wait I think it's going to be a, a proper game it's a knockout I think you called, it, you called it a humdinger on Monday yeah, night, a didn't you? Dong. I, I've <laughs> a called ding it dong. many yeah. things, um, but I, yeah. I can't wait because, uh, look, Rangers are going for the double. Um, they're in unbelievable form this season. Celtic have picked up over the last couple of weeks. We watched the game in the studio on, on Saturday and I thought they were excellent. That's the best I've seen them in a long time. So they've got a bit of confidence. They know this is the last um, competition they can win this season. So... I believe Celtic are going to come and go for Rangers and I believe that Rangers are going to come out f- out the traps and, and go for Celtic. So I'm expecting goals and a real feisty encounter, so I can't wait. Natasha is on the line from Celtic State of Mind. Good evening, Natasha. Hi, guys. How you doing? Uh, good. Four sleeps. Are you counting down as well in the same way as Barry is? <laughs> yeah. I am, actually. You know, it makes a difference to actually be looking forward to a derby game this season, but this one I am looking forward to. Is that right? Different mindset for you now and why? Yeah, I don't know. I think this is probably the most optimistic I felt going into a derby game this season. Um, you know, I agree with what Kennedy's been saying. You know, the last two derby games, I think Celtic have been the better team, or at least the better team for a significant proportion of both matches. But we haven't been able to get that win. 
Um, but I think things to be, seem to be clicking for Celtic right now. You know, the last four weeks, Celtic have amassed nearly 100 shots on goal and then things came together against Livingston, um, who have previously been a tough opponent for us. And we scored six good goals and really it could have been more. So hopefully we've had a good run of form. We're coming into the game well. Um, things are coming together and we're in a good position to get a result. So anything you want to ask with uh, us here in the studio tonight? What... Uh, What's your insights? What are you thinking? Are you pleased about Stephen Welsh? Clearly you will be signing a four-year deal. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great bit of business to get tied up. Um, I mean, Celtic have been criticised recently for letting, you know, good young talent go off, you know, down south abroad. So it's good to get Stephen signed up to a longer-term deal. Um, the one thing it'd be interesting to get you guys' take on here is who's the pressure on in this game going in on Sunday? For me, the pressure's on Rangers. You know, they're out to try and prove that they're you know, as good the team as they've been built up to be in the media, I'll go for the double. And Celtic have, or the Celtic fans certainly have almost already written off this season as a disaster. Um, you know, they're the team who are twenty points behind with an interim manager. You know, on paper you have to say Rangers are the favourites. But I think that gives Celtic a slight advantage. So I don't know, Barry's might have been in this position more before. Do you think the pressure's more on Rangers? Is it more on Celtic? How do you see this one? I think the pressure is on Rangers. I do because um, obviously the season they've had they've been unbeaten um, they've won the league as you'll agree Natasha very easily 20 points clear which has surprised mm. a, a lot of people but I think there's pressure on Rangers um, the last couple of months and, and one thing about I feel with this Rangers squad and, and management team they've handled the pressure really well this season that's something that's been labelled against them obviously last season when they come back off the winter break Celtic were absolute flying um, and Rangers obviously struggled so I do think the more pressure is on Rangers um, to win the game and obviously they've got a real chance of, of winning the double so I would probably say that the more pressure is on Rangers Leanne, what do you think? I would agree with that to an extent but I do think the pressure's on Celtic to produce something this season you know, for it to be a complete whitewash and the Scottish Cup's always your lasting memory going into the following season the final game of the season to finish that strong and to finish it well I think both sides will be determined that they come out on top um, it's just a shame that it's probably as early on in the competition at this stage you would have liked to have seen it as a semi-final possibly a final um, but I do think Celtic have got a lot to prove and I think when John Kennedy comes out and, and continually backs the team and suggests I know a lot of people still genuinely believe that Celtic have got a better squad of players than Rangers and they, they probably should step up and prove that you know because 20 points at the top of the table certainly doesn't indicate that um, but I do think that Stephen Gerrard has got a, a bit to prove yet and a cup would go a long way to do that if you can go and secure the double and, and really do that convincingly um, they had the opportunity with the League Cup and they fell short um, you know it's a, it's a huge opportunity I think it'll be a crack I agree with Barry though I think both sides are going to really come out I think you'll see a different side um, different performances to both because it's a one-off game there's no chance that, you know you're not sitting in and trying to yep. see this one out you've got to really go for it Chris Sutton, you would see that. And Natasha, he's criticised John Kennedy for saying, you know, Celtic are the best team in the country. Uh, what do you feel about that? About what Chris Sutton, his comment on it? I think I agree with Chris. It's a difficult statement to come out and make when you're 20 points behind in the league, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know, to, to an extent, I get what he's trying to say. I think Celtic have as good a squad as Rangers. I think the players have quality. I think there's a good team there. I just think they've severely underperformed this season and I get his point as well that you know in the last couple of derby games 
you know, Celtic have edged it for me. You've never managed to get the win, but in terms of performances, slightly edged it. So I get where he's coming from in that, but it is a very difficult statement to stand by when you've just been part of a management team that have lost the league by 20 points. Yeah, I think what John Kennedy's trying to do is saying with we statement as these players look I believe I believe in these now you have got to go and show me and prove people right mm. what I've said in the media That that's what I think that what mm. John Kennedy's trying to do is he um, justified in that Are they I don't mind listen John, John Kennedy yeah. obviously believes yeah. believes that and he's got every right to, to go and believe mm. that but the Celtic so, fans deserve more from that group of players yeah, this listen, season, didn't they? Listen, 100% have underachieved. I mean, if you go through the Celtic squad, there is still top players there. I don't care what anybody says. There's, there's real good quality. They've underachieved. They've, they've fell well below what they have in previous years. There's no doubt about that. But then again, you've got to, on a hand, give Rangers credit. For sure. The way they've played. Yeah. Um, if you asked me at the start of the season, I would have thought it had been real close, nip and tuck all the way. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people forget to give Rangers the credit that they, they've been on, the, the run they've been on, um, the way they've played, the consistency levels have, have been unbelievable. But in, in terms of John Kennedy's statement, look, people can criticise that, but what do you want a manager to come out and say, oh, right, we're no good enough? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you can't win. No. Exactly. Somebody said it's a bit like what Pedro Cushina was saying, but that's unfair. I mean, Rangers were in a different position at that time. Celtic have gone in, they'd won four in a row, four, uh, the quadruple treble. They came into this season full of confidence, but something was wrong, Natasha, within the whole club. And still no word on the manager, Celtic State of Mind podcast. It's on every day. Any insight? Yep. What's the latest? <laughs> it's just getting a bit frustrating, really. Um, yeah. We'd like something concrete to report on, but. You know, as ever, as you guys know, it's all speculation at the moment. Um, hopefully, you know, these negotiations take time. We appreciate that. Um, but the longer it goes on, I think the more fans get frustrated. I'm sure they're they're perfectly in control behind the scenes. They've just got to put some faith in them there and hopefully we'll have an announcement soon enough. I see Patrick Klamala. Leanne could be on his way to Red Bull, New York Red Bull to the MLS. So that would be a good piece of business. They're saying they might get their three and a half million pounds back. I don't understand his thought process behind that. New York, Glasgow. <laughs> no, listen, I think if they can make money back off of that deal as well, it's a situation I don't think that's really got off the ground. You know, I don't doubt that Patrick Kamal is a good player. Uh, it's been tough for him. You know, he's come in and he's shown glimpses of um, what it would take to be a, a top Celtic player, but just not enough and, and certainly not enough consistency. So for the club and the player, it, it would be a good move, I think. Yeah, it's just not worked for him. Um, what one thing when I have watched the games, one thing you can't label against him is he gives it everything. He, he tries his best when he comes on, um, just falls short a bit on quality, um, and it's not worked out. And the best thing for both parties is to part ways. And Celtic mm-hmm. will try and get as much money possible back. I think it was th- was it three million or three and a half yeah, million? Three and a half. It was said. So yep. if they get anywhere round about that, I'm, I'm sure both parties will be happy. Is it confidence as well for him? Do you think Natasha? He just didn't get a break of the ball. He's always got the high energy. He seemed to you know bulk up, didn't he, last summer? Yeah, yeah. that's it. He looks like he's got a good work ethic to me. I agree mm. with Barry there. Every time he's come on, he's shown the attitude that you want to see. You know, you look at that goal against St Johnston, he was fouled, he got up, he still put it in the net. And that's what you want to see from your striker. For some reason, it's just not worked out for Klamala. And if we can recoup the money we've paid on him, I think we have to take that three and a half million and start to look elsewhere. 
for me, my concern is is what we're going to be left with up front. You know, if we let if we let Kamala go to New York, Edward looks very much to be out of the door. Um, Griffiths is highly rumoured to be going to Aberdeen or perhaps Hibs. You know, that really only leaves us with a Yeti. And the recent chances that a Yeti's been getting, I'm just not convinced that he's a great option for Celtic. So up front is looking like a serious problem area for whatever manager is going to come in and take over this rebuild. Mm. Natasha can we ask you something the breaking news there from UEFA and I know you're a professional person mm. as well and you know your legal mind can I just ask you about what you feel mm-hmm. uh, because you know everyone was impressed that the way everyone stood around Rangers I realise we're in Scotland we've got to watch that we're not Pravda here but people saw what happened we've now heard 10 match ban so uh, you, you know UEFA believes that's what happened there was a racist slur delivered and um, what do you feel about the 10-match ban and the fact that Rangers are fined €9,000 for not controlling the player, but not the same sanction or anything against Slavia Prague? But what do you feel about the news this afternoon? Um, for me, I have to agree with what Barry and Leanne have been saying earlier. It's not enough. Um, it's not even nearly severe enough a punishment, to be honest. Um, UEFA had a chance here to make a real statement and they didn't take it. You know, we've got a guilty verdict. That's what they've decided why they didn't then choose to go ahead and make a real statement about this, I don't know. If we're speaking about the punishment needs to be much harsher, and I'm disappointed that UEFA didn't take this opportunity. Um, it's been said many times, racism has no place in society, it has no place on a football pitch, and we're looking at a situation where a person has been guilty of racism and he's potentially going to be back on a football pitch in six weeks. To me, that is not enough of a deterrent to stop this. Um, so I'm disappointed with the outcome, really. Mm-hmm. Natasha, yeah, that's really... We we applaud you for saying that. There's a gremlin in the line there. I think UEFA were interfering with it. <laughs> we, we, we caught most of it there, Natasha. And then, listen, the other thing, given that we started, I mean, it was... Uh, you know, it's pretty serious things that the Neil Lennon video, we don't want to go into that, but it was horrible. That was being, you know, sent round last night and today. And you really feel for the former manager, uh, if it's him in it, clearly in distress. And as Barry Ferguson said, why would somebody video that and, and, and send it round and actually shout something abhorrent to Neil La- Lennon or anyone? Who would be in the public eye these days, Natasha? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, it's outrageous. And I do feel for Neil. Um, we're talking about a man who's just lost a a massive job. He looks clearly to have been under the influence of a few drinks. Yep. He's obviously not in a good way. And anyone who videos that for a few social media likes should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. Um, it's been discussed many times um, at all levels at the moment how this country is in the middle of not only you know, a COVID ban- pandemic, but a mental health pandemic. Yep. And anyone using that video to mock or lament a man who's clearly not in a good way or under the influence of a few drinks should be ashamed of themselves and it says more about them than it does about him Thank you, Natasha. The, the thing is, we can all have a go. You know, the, 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 Natasha's agreeing with me, isn't it? Isn't it? But only for a moment, because <laughs> Natasha, I want you to get tore in now to Barry on the football stuff for this weekend, because that's what we want. We respect the level of debate that we have and go. I have to tell you that you don't think the callers that come on are absolutely terrific and they're balanced. And you know, you can you're, you're a Rangers icon, a Rangers legend, but you respect all season. You said Celtic are going to come. You know those players, but they didn't. But you respect each other, and you could be hammering you, Neil Lennon. Hammering tones during the match. Respect yeah. before um, the day of the game. Yep. No, right after when the final whistle went, then the respect come back. But when you cross that white line, Paul, you were in battle, plain and simple. Um, scratch, bite, kick, do whatever you you can to make sure that your team wins. Um, but after the game, 
there was never any, any issues. Well, I'd say when the whistle went two or three minutes, there was a bit of <laughs> bargy um, But yeah. after that, there was always total respect between me and Neil Lennon and, and also um, all the other players, Larson, Sutton, Hartsons, Mayalbies, Thompsons, I can go on and on and yep. on. So there was always that kind of respect, but during the 90, 90 or so minutes, that kind of respect flew out the window quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha, what's going to happen then on Sunday, you reckon? A Celtic win. Um, they've got to give us something this season. Some small glimmer of hope to hold on to after an otherwise miserable season. So yeah, um, I see Kennedy achieving this, getting the win and going on to, to win the cup. Why not? Liam, what do you think for the weekend? Barry will be on again before then, but uh, it's hard to call just know. now. Yeah. You could see it being a draw, to be honest, and going the whole way. Oh, I don't yep. sit Honestly, there. Honestly, no, genuinely. Genuinely, because <laughs> yeah. I just think it, it, both teams believe in themselves just now. Mm. You know, Celtic have got that bit between their teeth. You can see performance-wise, goals. There's confidence there. Rangers, I think, are, are, are the same. Um, the schedule hasn't been as intense as it was probably for a number of weeks. Players should be fit and fresh. You know, and I think it will suit Rangers that it's at Ibrox. So it's going to be a tough game. Mm. I think Celtic are going to need to be at their absolute best, though, if they really are to get anything from yeah. the game. The, the last couple of games uh, have not been like typical, firm, like aggressive. I, I think this one's no. going to be real aggressive. Mm. I think there's going to be tackles um, flying in, um, real, as I said before, a real feisty encounter. And I think there's going to be goals, mm. as I said. I think both teams know. But um, obviously it's a knockout getting into the next round and I think whoever wins the game they're clear favourites to, to win the Scottish mm-hmm. Cup and it's a brilliant trophy to win Great, Natasha thanks very much for your call No problem, thanks guys Speak to you soon, cheers Thanks. The Go Radio Football Show Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 Let's go Wednesday night, the Go Radio Football Show, Leanne Crichton, Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney and loads of your calls coming in and we've got a poll on, uh, Leanne, about what do you think, is it is 10 match ban enough for Andres Cudela for the horrible racist comment he made to um, Kamara, Glenn Kamara. I'm just watching here some news coming in from uh, the Cudela camp that's come here because he's not actually, he said sorry for approaching him. I think that's the that's basically what he is saying. His lawyer has issued uh, a statement in the last uh, few moments saying, I'm surprised that UEFA Disciplinary Committee has reached a different conclusion than the inspector before. Cadella approached Kamara during the clash with Slavia Prague. It's just coming in here. It says he says, in retrospect, I realised that I was a mis- it was a mistake to go to Glenn Kamara at all and say anything to him. There were emotions in the match, and unfortunately, I can't take it back now. I'm sorry. But what he's not saying, Barry, is what he said early on. He's just saying, I'm sorry. He's not saying, look. I'm, it was a racist slur and it was disgraceful and I shouldn't have done it. None, said, of, it, no. none of the statement makes sense. Doesn't. I mean, what emotions were in the game? The team were comfortably mm. winning 2 0, progressing through to the next round of the tournament. Glenn Kamara was standing, not saying a word, not involved in anything. Mm. <laughs> and he felt the need to go and approach. But I just worry, Paul, because yep. see if a person acts like that in view of everybody else, how would they behave behind closed doors? Yeah. How would they treat somebody else, you know, with no cameras? Nobody there to see it. Um, it's embarrassing. The statement's embarrassing. I'll say it again. The ban um, is embarrassing. It's not good enough. It's not lengthy enough. 
and it doesn't come with enough weight to carry. Um, UEFA need to really look at it again and it's probably going to linger on in terms of this back and forward. Maybe there'll be an appeal as well. Um, but UEFA need to stay strong. They need to review their policies and they need to come up with a better punishment. At Go Radio, we've got a, a poll going on in the socials at the moment. Is the 10-match ban for Andres Cudela a strong enough message against racism? Yes, 10%, 90% saying no, it's not a strong enough message. Barry Ferguson, Leanne Crichton, and let's take a call now from Scott, a Rangers fan, who's on the line. Scott, good evening. Hi guys, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm annoyed, but yeah. we'll get into that. No, on you go. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think... Right, first of all, I'll say 10 games. 10 games more than I thought he was going to get. I thought he'd get away with it, as they often do. Mm-hmm. So I respect them for finding them guilty. But the fact that it was only 10 games is, I think Barry put it best, I think it's a joke. I don't think he should play football again. Like, and I think, to be honest, Leanne said it earlier on, he should be in the jail. Because if you see a racist slur in your work life, then you get put in the jail. You get sacked instantly and you get put in the jail. And he's getting a six-week ban. You'll miss the, if they get put by Arsenal, you'll miss the rest of the season in the first two games of next. And Kamara, three match ban. He'll miss the Euros because of that, because it's a UEFA competition. Yep. So he won't. But Finland and a group with Belgium and Denmark, they're not getting through. He won't play a game at the Euros. It's a dream for anyone to play an international tournament. In fact, he's missing that because he was racially abused. It's just a joke. I think Barry put it best. They seem to be trying to somehow level it up. They've taken ten match ban on uh, the Cudella himself. But then Rangers are fine. Rangers are uh, okay. Roof's a different situation, but the action against Kamara—I find that strange. Where was the evidence of what happened in the tunnel? I'm not saying nothing happened because actually you can understand that it. it shouldn't have. But Barry, it sounds as though they're just trying to keep everybody happy. But yeah, going for that, yeah, yeah it, it seems that way. But look, I agree with everything Scott's just said there. Um, if Slavia get put out with Arsenal, um, I think the game's on Thursday right, tomorrow night. He misses the rest of the season um, and he misses a couple of games at the start of next season. It's not enough. Mm-hmm. They, they had to make a statement, as I says, and give him at least... I know Scott said ban him for life, but I'm looking at 12 months. Then that sends a real statement out. Um, so I agree with what Leanne just said. The EFA need to go back and look at their policies and look at the rules and regulations and they need to change that. ASAP. A statement coming out from Rangers. They say, We welcome the suspension imposed on Andres Kudela. This not only vindicates Glenn Kamara's evidence, but underlines the severity of the comments made. It continues, Given the number of games that have been imposed by UEFA, so it underlines the severity of the comment given the number of games imposed by UEFA. So Rangers are actually saying there 10. It shows you it's the maximum they say they could give at that point. It continues, Rangers, nevertheless, we believe the sanctions imposed on our two players are severe. We've written to UEFA seeking clarification in writing. And we can understand that that's really what we're, we're asking about there. And in moments like this, Paul, probably in any other workplace, if you had a person that was found guilty of such a charge, you would have some sort of independent inquiry that would go on. So does Slavia Prague just accept that their players racially abused another player, take the 10-game ban and, and move on, and they keep that player employed at the club and they just forget about it? Or is there going to... Now you wait for really need to step up, look at... The, you know, let's get down to the bones of it. How do we really get racism out of the game? Because I think the club need to be accountable as well. How can the club just accept the 10-game ban 
offer a, a statement today that accepts that the player shouldn't have approached another player and we're all expected to move on. You know, and, and Rangers must be absolutely reeling. They're probably having to come out and that statement sounds pretty modest and accepting of the situation. You know, 10 games is the most that UEFA can, can give out. Um, but they must be absolutely distraught for Glenn Kamara. You know, and the fact that he now faces punishment. Had he walked off the pitch that night, maybe things would have been different. Hindsight's a great thing. And it's just really sad that he's been left to deal with his emotions that night, rightly or wrongly. And now he faces a three-game ban as well. As Scott said, if that affects his, his chances of playing at the Euros as well, it's absolutely devastating. Yeah, I never even thought about that when Scott just mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, what an opportunity for him. He's been brilliant for Finland as well, mm-hmm. Glenn Kamara. Um Look, I, I don't condone... I, we don't know what happened in the tunnel, right? But I can understand Glenn Kamara. Mm-hmm. I can. To be racially abused on the pitch. Now, you don't walk up from 10 yards, cover your mouth yeah. and say something. To say you're a dot, dot, dot guy. Yeah. Why would you If you want to have a pop at somebody yeah. on the pitch, sure. you go up to him and have a go. You don't cover your mouth and you don't... You see the reaction of Glenn Kamara. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to get three games... That's tough on him. Yep. Um, but again, I watched his interview last week. I think we watched that in here. I thought, I thought yep. it was brilliant. Fair play to him. It must have been tough and difficult to come out and speak about it. But we need more people coming out and speak about it. But when people are convicted of racial abuse on a football pitch, 10 games, it's not enough. Not enough. Scott, do you want to turn your attention to the weekend? Any game you want to think about or talk about? <laughs> <laughs> um nervous because are you? not only because Why? yeah because we've been outplayed in the last two old fun games mm. it, I think anyone who's watched them can see Celtic having the best team in the last two old fun games and luck obviously I think what's the same luck has no memory or something like that but luck will eventually run out and it might be Sunday it might be Sunday it might not but last two games we've been lucky to get away with four points what we have going off the performance on its own so um, I am incredibly nervous I do think most of the pressure is on Celtic because they need to save their season. But again, Garrow, who was on before, said pressure on us. So pressure on both teams because it's an old fun game. It's a cup game. You said luck and a goalkeeper called Alan McGregor. Yeah, look, yeah. I agree with Scott. Look, the last couple of games, Celtic have edged the games. There's, there's no doubt about it. Certainly the one um, just after the new year, uh, up until... Um, Celtic get their man sent off then obviously Rangers get a grip of the game but this is something that will be spoken about this week Paul I'm sure um, the manager will be speaking to the players about and the players will know themselves listen the last two games we've, we've no played at the levels that we expect our, ourselves to play at and this is an ideal opportunity um, playing against your closest rivals um, to knock them out of the Scottish Cup and what a chance it is because to win the double it's been a great season so far but if they achieve the double look I understand if they do beat Celtic they've got other games to go but this could be an unbelievable season Leanne, that happens yeah. as I said though it's the lasting memory of this season isn't it the last game so regardless of who wins I think if Celtic were to come out on top and, and they go all the way to you know, win the cup as Barry says what a cup it is to win uh, it would give Celtic a real big lift you know ahead in the, the new season whoever the manager that comes in the rebuilding job that's there the players that are there you've got that winning memory you know you take that forward and that's what you build on if you come away and your season has flatlined you know you win absolutely nothing um, you're out the Scottish Cup in the fourth round the next 
run of games to finish the season. Mm. What did he mean? You know, if you really get anything to play for, you've no new, new manager to impress. Um, I think it could be a real catalyst on Sunday. You know, if Celtic were to come out and top, would you then hear the announcement of a new manager? Or does John Kennedy get that wee bit of hope now that perhaps the job could be his? Um, it would play out. It would be really interesting. But honestly, I'll say it again. I think Celtic need to be at their mm. absolute best because you mentioned it, Paul, Alan McGregor. You know, he he has been and he could be the difference again. Scott, what's your prediction? Uh, I'll be confident and go with a win, but as I said, I'm not as confident as I have been. Although I think the last Dope Farm game was different because it was just after the incident that we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that was in the players' minds. But yeah, I think that was... I don't, I don't want to use an excuse. I think it was more of a reason than an excuse, which two different things. I think that was more of a reason why we weren't yep. at our best in the last game. We just off a big European game. Yep. But yeah, the one at Christmas, we needed an Alan McGregor-sized miracle to win that one. Well, remember, we're on on Sunday afternoon. Barry Ferguson, David Proven and myself. So you can watch it on Premiere and uh, you can tune in to us too. The news is next and then we're back for another hour next. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was It was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps, and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Leanne Crichton Call now and voice your opinion 0808 1717 700 Scottish Cup week away we're just a few days away from the weekend and the matches changes over the weekend St Mirren are up against Inverness Cali Thistle on Friday evening 6 o'clock kickoff. Motherwell against Morton at 7 and Forfer against Dundee United 7.45 that's on the Beeb on Saturday Kilmarnock against Montrose at 11.45 and then later in the day after Prince Philip's funeral there's St Johnson against Clyde and Aberdeen against Livingston on Premier Sports at 5.30 Stephen Glass in charge for the first time as he took over yesterday so that's his first game in charge Aberdeen against Livingston and then on Sunday at 12.15 Stranraer against Hebs on BBC One and then Premier Sports Rangers against Celtic at 3 and we'll be on from Two until six Sunday afternoon. Rangers against Celtic. What do you reckon is going to happen? 0808 17 17 700. It's, uh, it's like the cup final, but what a chance, Liam. I'm just looking at all the other teams. So it's not going to be Rangers and Celtic in the cup final. One of them at least is going to be out. What a chance. Who would be your tip looking down who might get it, who might get to the cup final? It's a hard one, isn't it, Paul? Really difficult because when you look at, you know, Aberdeen, have they really performed that well this season that you know, over the last number of years, for however long, you would expect Aberdeen to be in and around the semi-final stage, pushing cup finals. But based on performance and goals that they've been scoring of late, I think they'll struggle. You know, just being honest. Um, but it's up for grabs. You know, when you look at Hibs against Stranraer, you would expect them to comfortably progress. 
could they get a bit of momentum behind them you know missed out Barry mentioned earlier I can't remember if it was on air or not but just speaking about Hibs's performance in the previous cup you know fell short should have and could have probably done better um, and then you've got St Johnston as well you know who you would expect to progress that have been there and done it already this season and come out on top so I think it will make for a, a you know a really cracking tournament um, and especially getting rid of Rangers or Celtic yeah. you know as early on it opens it up for everybody else and gives the other teams a bit of hope Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's an opportunity. That's the way the other clubs will look at it. Once um, the, the old firm game on Sunday's out of the way, they, they'll be wanting to obviously miss out in playing mm-hmm. one of the old firm. Mm-hmm. And there's a real opportunity for one of these clubs to get to a, a major final. Um, and as Leanne just mentioned there, I wouldn't rule out St. Johnson. Cup well, specialists are yeah, becoming, aren't they? They, they yeah. are. Look, mm-hmm. I, I know they're the. A tough, a tough one at the weekend. I fully expected them to beat Aberdeen as well. But look, there's they're a good team. Callum's got a not just a good start in eleven. He's got a good eighteen, nineteen players. Um, so it's a real opportunity for one of these clubs to get to a major final. Hibs, you mentioned as well, and we'll talk shortly to the St Mirren manager, Jim Goodwin, and and Saints were doing so well in the League Cup as we know, Leanne knocking out Rangers. Yeah, and that's another team, Paul, that certainly would be. You know, it would be an incentive for them. Rangers, Celtic, now if you get a good draw, if you're able to progress. Which, having said that, I don't think Inverness will be an easy, you know, an easy game come Friday. I think St Mirren will need to be at their best. Inverness have got a bit of momentum behind them just now in the way that they've been performing, pushing for those playoff spots. Um, and I'm sure Jim and, and the St Mirren boys will be desperate to make amends, you know, for that cup exit. Um, they would have fancied their chances against St Johnston, but that's the beauty of the cup, you know. But certainly to know that one of the old firms out as early on as the fourth round, you'll be desperate to get a good run in the, the next draw. Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson, Leanne Crichton and Cammy. a Rangers fan, is on the line now. Good evening, Cammy. Good evening. Looking forward to Sunday? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. What are you thinking? What do you want to... I think you want to ask about the Celtic management situation. Yeah, I'm just yeah. wondering what the panel's thoughts are. Uh, Celtic do not appoint a new manager until the start of the season or elect to appoint Johnny Kennedy. Does this give Rangers an instantaneous advantage for the new season? Well, Barry, you've been uh, saying for... Yeah, yep. I, I would think in terms of organisation, because um, I, I believe, I honestly believe the number one at a club is recruitment, and you need to start that, and Celtic aren't in a position to do that because they've not appointed a manager. Um, clearly, Rangers are... Um, Already started that that process, Paul. I know for a fact they're looking at two or three players. Um, so I think until Celtic um, make a man a manager announcement in terms of who's going to be taking over, I think they'll be behind Rangers because Rangers are already, as I said, during January when they brought in uh, Jack Simpson and and Scott Wright. That's already two players um, bedding herself in for three or four months and. I know for a fact that Rangers are already looking to strengthen again and the manager's got his eyes on, as I'd mentioned, two or three players. So Rangers are are definitely in the driving seat in terms of getting players in, getting players recruited. And at the moment in time, Celtic can't do that because they've not got a manager, plain and simple. Two or three players coming to Rangers uh, on top of it. I mean, one or two might go, they might not go. Leanne, what do you feel about... Cammy's asking about the Celtic position. It it's almost seems impossible to believe that they're not going to know what they're mm. doing. But at the moment, 
we don't I know who's going to be in charge I think the sooner the better for Celtic because I do believe it is a big job you know we've spoken about it on previous shows mentioning the amount of players that we think will be going out that exit door at Celtic Park um, you don't know who's coming in you know who's identifying players that will replace them you know if there's no manager there's no director of football um, who's drawn up that list just now to, to plan ahead I think the sooner the better in terms of planning. I think it's a bigger remit than you would ever imagine. I think you would want to get in the door. You would want to get to know players. You would want to know people. You would want to know what the club's about and, and start to really learn. And I think leaving it until the end of the season and then everybody's away, you know, and has time off, then you can back in in pre-season. It, it is a huge ask to put everything together to be ready and prepared for those um, qualifiers. You know, I think is it late June that the Europa League or yeah, Champions League yep. qualifiers um, all kick off so I think it's a, a huge ask you know you need to get in the door Celtic's a huge club and I'm sure there's a lot to learn um, that you could even you know you could never imagine I'm really surprised that it's taken this long if I'm being yep. honest regardless of John Kennedy being there or not and the job that he's, he's doing in terms of steadying the ship but if he's not the manager moving forward then I, I think there has to be noise about that very very shortly that Champions League qualifying game's two and a half months away wow. no, which is just crazy yeah, when you think about a, it like yeah. that and as you know Leanne trying to get players in it just you, mm-hmm. you just don't pick up the phone and a player comes you need to negotiate you need to make sure that you, that player wants mm-hmm. to come here you need to sell him the club but you need a manager in place to do that and it took Stephen Gerrard two years to get ready for this season you know it doesn't happen overnight some loan yeah, deals some as you've people... seen for me number one at a football club's recruitment yeah. and the recruitment of Stephen Gerrard this season has been excellent mm-hmm. the only one that's probably not hit the ground running is big Cedric Eaton mm-hmm. that's the only one that you could maybe have a question mark he's, mm-hmm. he's I wouldn't say he's struggled he's he's just not hit the ground running but in terms of um, everybody else a has manager, played part haven't yeah, they but yeah. in terms of having a manager in place you need to you need to identify players and that's one th- uh, thing Celtic need. And staff, need we spoke about it last uh, Wednesday as well. You know, who's a team that, that comes with the new manager? You know, how do you get them in the door and implement everything that you you want to implement in a short space of time? It's really, really tough. Mm. Cammy, what about your own team? Rangers for next season, you hear Barry Ferguson telling us there'll be two or three new players coming in. Where would you like to strengthen? Probably the heart of the side. Um possible a new setup back to go with uh, Goldson. I think Halander and Balogun have done done really well so far this season. But also we've seen Goldson's played every minute this season and I'd like to see someone who can play every game next to him. Um, maybe another midfielder and another centre forward. I just think Champions League's a different ball game compared to Europa League and Rangers need we saw against Slavia that they, they tore it apart at some stages and that's where we need better quality of players. It's a big uh, step up. Yeah, as yeah. Look, Champions League, that's where the elite clubs are. Um, there's no doubt about it. But I'm a big believer in the best time to strengthen is when you're on top. And I think the manager knows that. He knows that. He knows that they're, they're in a real good place. He's got a real good squad, real good competition. But he'll be desperate to add quality and he'll be desperate to keep the quality already there. Because um, there'll be people sniffing about Morelos. Ryan Kent's mm-hmm. and whatever and listen we all know money talks if a crazy bid comes in that Rangers might need to accept that which will be disappointing but it's understandable as well but I would hope that he could keep all the players and add two or three and then Rangers will be a real good place again for the start of the season Any bids on the go at the moment Barry? 
I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> what's the inside? What, what's doing? He always tells us. I mean, he told us Scott Wright's coming, and others were saying from Pataudry, no, 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 he'll come in the summer, not in the. Yeah, but, you see, but that's coming. a great bit of business, I think, for Stephen Gerrard. That allows Scott Wright to come in for two or three. Well, sorry, three or four months. Get used to his surroundings. Get used to the expectations that are put on your shoulder. I'm not being disrespect, disrespectful to Aberdeen, but when you come into Rangers, it's a total different ball game. But also, I read an interview with, with Scott Wright a couple of weeks ago. He's come in. There's no doubt he's got ability, but he said he's the staff sat him down. He had to strengthen up. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's put on three or four kilos, and there's still more to come for him. So um, he, he'll the key for him will be next season, the start of next season. This was just get letting him bed in. But I'm hopeful that we keep all. Our top players you've seen the difference Ryan Kent um, the second half when the game was kind of stalling a wee bit mm-hmm. at 1-0 he comes up with a bit of magic that's what he can do um, so I would love Rangers to keep him but you never know if a, a a big bid comes in Rangers might need to accept that Cammy we're obviously speaking tonight about the 10 match ban on Andres Kudela what about um, Glenn Kamara a 3 match UEFA ban and uh, that could affect him in the Euros yeah, it's shocking. Um, I never noticed. I never even thought about uh, the Euros until uh, the yeah. boys who came on just before me. Scott, you mentioned yeah. it. Um, but yeah, it's not good. I'm just wondering going forward if another player gets racially abused in Europa League, Champions League, do they just hand out another ten game ban? Is that just it now? Do you mean against Slavia Prague? Player? Sorry, do you mean or any club? Yeah, so also UEFA handed out a ten game ban to uh, is it Crudella? Yeah. Yep. Is that, is, does that just happen to an LR player now? If they racially abuse someone, do they just get given a 10 game ban as well? That's what I think they've got to look at. They've got to, I, I hear what Herbert Barry said at the start of the show, I'd probably give them 12 months as well. And that will send out a big message to any player to say this is unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, it's the headline just now. You can see it on Sky. Andres Kudela banned for 10 games for racist behaviour, but no action against the club. And Leanne, you made that great point. There's no fine on Slavia Prague. There's no other... Come back to them. It's just the player himself. And they they could go on and win it. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's no punishment. And that's why I think that there needs to be a bigger sanction on the clubs. If you're not going to fine the clubs, then you've surely got to insist that there's more action taken on their part. You know, there has to be more pressure from UEFA to clubs to really have that level of accountability. Otherwise, it won't it won't happen because that's the sad reality of, of the world that we live in is that, see, when you're winning and you're doing well, people are not people are not that interested in standing up and speaking up, you know, and, and uh, that's where clubs need to really start putting other people before themselves. And, you know, I, I agree with what Cammy's saying. Is it going to be a 10-game ban? Is that that going to be the consistency? Is that as bad as it gets? Surely you know, they're so going, going to change the rules. You would hope so. Surely. You would hope that there's got to be a review mm-hmm. of that moving forward. Yeah. You know, if they're really, really serious about this change um, in, in driving it out of the game, you know, they've got to do more. And I see Rangers have been in, they say, constructive dialogue with Facebook and Instagram about controlling what's going out on the, on social media mm-hmm. and we would welcome that Barry that's the reason you, you, you're you never going to go on it now are you? No, no no way no chance Yeah, and that, that's you just seen the incident last night yeah with, with Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon. Mm-hmm. Um, but also what you're talking about the Facebook Instagram the racist abuse that some of these players are getting mm-hmm. um, it's it's ridiculous ridiculous it's people hiding behind screens and that's the bit that really annoys me but um, I spoke about it before why, why can they not let Instagram or Facebook 
like you get a passport number so you mm. definitely know who it is yeah. a national insurance number so you know who the person is who's and that's probably and what it will people. come to that is what they're to. going to do and I've spoken about it before why are you verifying people that are happily willing to put their profile picture up and see who they are and have that level of accountability there for everybody to see why are you verifying those people verify the people that are sitting with no profile photos that are sending abusive and horrific messages and content to other people those are the ones that need to be verified yeah. otherwise get them off the sites get them off your platform and this is what I mean social media make absolutely millions upon millions of money from people but they don't want to have that responsibility that's where things need to change it's absolutely not good enough you know why are these players being subjected to their inboxes being filled with hate mail how is that how is that possible I, mean, I think it was absolutely Kamar right. Roof at, yep. at, I think um, I seen on the in the newspaper last week that he had He'd shown pictures. I think he came in after a game. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure if it was, it was Kamara. straight after yeah. the game as well. Or Glenn Kamara. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of abusive messages he got five, ten minutes after the whistle went. And the thing is, I'm all for rehabilitating people and educating people. But see just now what I see from Slavia Prague and Kudela. I don't see anybody showing any remorse. No. They're apologising for approaching you know? him, but they're not saying that for the racist slur. Yeah. Yep. So how can you educate them if they really don't feel like they've done anything it's wrong? In terms of like Twitter and Instagram, it just gives people a platform. They need to come up with something mm-hmm. that, yep. as I, I mentioned, that you get proper ID'd in terms of a passport, national insurance, and you let people know whose account yep. it is. Yep. And then they've I'm got, sure sooner rather than later the abuse will stop. They've got the technology. Cammy, before we go to the break, what's your scoreline for Sunday? Uh, I'll go 1-0 Rangers. I'm quite nervous for the game, but... Uh. No Rangers. Seems to be a theme. Yeah, I know, I, yeah, I was just about to say that. There's yeah. a theme of um, nerves um, <laughs> flying through the. the You're sending them out to everybody. Yeah. No, hey, listen, nah, I'm no nervous. Cam- I, I'm just looking forward to the game. Cammy? I'm just. Um, yeah. I just don't get much sleep. Cammy? <laughs> <laughs> You're nervous, but you can't wait for it. Well, listen, join us on Sunday afternoon. Cammy, thanks for that call. Good points Thank there. You. you made cheers. Cammy calling in 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show, Wednesday night in the sunshine here. Things are opening up sooner than we uh, thought they might, so that's some good news. Everyone take care, yeah. but yep. Barry? Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to be going back out. out. <laughs> You're confined to barracks for another year. No, it yeah. does make you think. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Make, that, that's the sad thing. It's, we were yeah. talking before we come on the, the show, and that, yep. that's what actually, not just footballers, but like, people are going to think twice. Um, okay. Because what happened, it was ridiculous. Horrible. Listen, we're going to talk to the St Mary manager, Jim Goodwin. He's going to be on just after this. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. The Go Radio Football Show. Radio number one for Glasgow and the West and number one for Paisley as well that's the hint of who's joining us now we're delighted to welcome the manager of St Mirren Jim Goodwin on the show tonight with Barry Ferguson Paul Cooney and Leanne Crichton Jim good evening good evening how are you doing guys you okay hi Jim how are you doing how are you doing good Jim good to hear you Uh, you'll be looking forward to the match on Friday night good to be back in to the cup action after doing so well in the league cup yeah, of course, we're looking forward to uh, to hosting Inverness on Friday night. Obviously, the game had been rearranged. It was supposed to be on the Saturday, but now moved forward a, a day earlier to the Friday night, which is which is great. The players all um, all seem to prefer the night games anyway, so uh, it's not too much of a disruption, and I think it probably 
suits both clubs for the Friday night as well. Jim, it's been some season for you. You know, we talked about the top six and you were just a couple of minutes away from being there. But overall, you must be. How pleased are you with the way the team have performed this year? Uh, yeah, I have to say I'm, uh, I am relatively pleased with the progress that we've made. Um, you know, we've definitely improved again from last year, which is always the aim to try and get better and not to stand still. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I said I'm not uh, still a little bit disappointed that we didn't achieve that top six, which is what we, we spoke about all season long. And, um, you know, I believe that we were good enough to get there. But unfortunately, we, we missed out by a couple of goals, which is the most frustrating part of it all because um, it was very much in our own hands with a few games to play uh, prior to the split. But, look, it, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, we'll go again next season. We want to try and finish this season there in a positive manner. We would love to try and finish seventh, which would be the highest uh, league finish since the Premier League started for our club. And, um, and obviously, still in the Scottish Cup, we want to go one step further than what we did in the League Cup and, uh, and try and give ourselves the opportunity to go and win it. Great to have you on live, Barry. You've got some uh, and so has Leanne. Yeah, yep. Jim, I've watched you a few times this season. Um, one thing I've been impressed with is your recruitment. You've been looking over Nyland, um, some of the players. Is that an area you're going to continue to look at? Yeah, it is, Barry. Um, I mean, yeah, Jamie McGrath came in and he's probably been the standout performer of the season with 13 goals from midfield. Conor McCarthy we signed from Cork for a... Uh, a small fee at the beginning of uh, well, was it last January? We signed Connor, um, and you know he's still only 22. In fact, just turned 23 the other day. Connor, young centre half, and obviously Dylan Connolly as well has came in and done really well. So it is a market that we're constantly looking in. I've got some great contacts back home as well. Um, I've got the League of Ireland pass on the computer, so I'm watching games on the laptop every weekend as well but the only problem we've got now Barry is because of Brexit mm-hmm. um, and the European market kind of closing to a number of clubs down south then obviously the Irish market becomes a, a little bit more important to them which then sometimes prices us out unfortunately but we'll still keep working on there, we'll keep looking on the, at some of the players and keeping an eye on uh, some of the good teams over there and hopefully if there's one or two that that, uh, that catch our eye then we'll be in a position to do something about it yeah see, see in terms of uh, I've seen a bit about Eamon Brophy is he going to be back fit soon yeah we, we signed Eamon in January and uh, you know I'm talking there about missing out on the top six by uh, a, a couple of goals and you know we we identified that um, you know around about Christmas time that we weren't scoring enough goals and we tried to do something about it as a club and, and I have to you know, give great credit to the board as well for backing me during that window when obviously, you know, finances are tight for every club and, uh, you know, we, we brought in Eamon, a player that I've always liked, um, obviously, you know, done really well at uh, Hamilton, got his move to Kilmarnock and, you know, he's been in the international setup with Steve Clark as well, which, you know, goes to show you what he thinks of him. Uh, but unfortunately, he picked up an injury just shortly after coming in and um, that required surgery and then we had Obviously brought in Colin Quainer as well, you know, who's played in the Bundesliga, played in the English Premier League. And we thought between the two of those boys um, in January that they'd be the ones that would get us the goals to to ensure that top six slot. But it, look, it didn't work out, unfortunately, Barry. But Eamon is one that we hope um, will be available in the next couple of weeks to maybe get back into the squad. Uh, we're not going to put too much pressure on him. We're not going to rush him because it's more important to us that he's fit and available for the start of next season. Jim, it's Leanne here. How are you doing? 
Hi, Elian. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. I'm just thinking. I saw you the game last night. You were through Dunfermline, weren't you? I think they're still playing, trying to score, eh? <laughs> oh, Some my game. God. It was a tough, tough one to watch, wasn't it? I She's know. everywhere, yeah. <laughs> Busier than Tomo. <laughs> you ever in the house? No. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> <laughs> any, any game I match is usually at, to be fair. So I, you're, uh, which, you're keeping which, yourself busy. Which is what I was going to say, Jim. I've seen a lot of um, your boys this season, and what I do notice when I watch St Mirren play is that there's a consistency and a togetherness with the squad as well. and I know being back at football now it's quite tough to get that because there's so many limitations on everything that, that you can do you know you don't spend the same amount of time together as a squad but what have, what have you done this season with the group of players to, to make them gel and new signings that have come in and, and brought everybody together? Yeah listen I think like anybody that's been in the game a long time will tell you um, you know to, to implement your ideas um, and to make big changes both on the pitch and off the pitch it takes time you know and that's why Sometimes, especially down south, I think we're a little bit more forgiving up here in Scotland, but certainly down south, you know, if you don't have a, a good seven or eight weeks down in England, then you lose your job. And it's it's impossible to make the kind of changes that you want to make as a manager in, in a short period of time. So I'm grateful that I've had uh, well, nearly two seasons now. Um, I think everybody that's been at our games or watched the games on telly consistently will see the team improving um, we work extremely hard on team shape and on tactical side of things during training uh, in, in the week and you know I want us to be known as a good footballing team and, and easy on the eye and you know we went to Motherwell there at the weekend and albeit we lost the game 1-0 but we had you know over 500 passes during the game in comparison to Motherwell who just had just over two, uh, 300 sorry and that's the kind of team we want to be we want to be a passing team we want to be attractive to watch but Ultimately, we need to add more goals to the game, um, to our game, to, to, to make us win games of football. And that's what it's all about. I don't want us just to be a possession-based team, but going nowhere. We have to try now and add the final little piece to the jigsaw, which is um, you know, dominating games and, and, and looking after the ball comfortably and being brave on the ball, but then having that end product uh, as well. And that's what we're trying, to, we're trying to get to. And that will be a, a real key element of the summer as well in terms of the recruitment side of things, because um, you know we need to add more goals to the squad it's as simple as that What's your thoughts looking ahead to, to Friday have you managed to see a lot of Inverness recently because they've had a decent bit yeah. of form as well and performance wise and, and wins as well They're a really good team you know and um, I have watched a lot of the championship lately I've been out at League One as well but I, I try and get as many championship games in as possible and with the midweek fixtures it's actually been great so, albeit the teams in those lower leagues probably uh, aren't enjoying it too much because of the quick turnaround. But for me as a manager, uh, it's great to be able to you know get out during the week and, and, and get to a game of football. I really, really enjoy watching Inverness and, and both uh, themselves and Wraith Rovers, I think for me, are probably the two best footballing teams and, and the most attractive teams to watch. I've uh, got to give great credit to Neil McCann um, for going in there and steadying the ship under really difficult circumstances. Um, you know, and obviously our thoughts go out to, to John Robertson and Scott Kelliker, an ex-teammate of mine, and hopefully we'll see the boys back next season. But Neil deserves a huge amount of credit. He's um, he's a top coach. You know, he really is. He's a, he's a great pundit as well. I really like listening to him. Uh, would be on the radio or the telly. He always gives a really good, um, intelligent analysis of games, and um, you can see that in, his, in 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 the way that he has Inverness playing. He, he's very good at getting his ideas across to the players. They've got some really good young players. Um, you know, I've the, the, the couple that have really stood out to me in the games that I've watched them. I've seen them about four times this season. And young Daniel Mackay, um, he plays on the left or on the right. He scored a great goal against Ross County in the last 
uh, round of the cup, mm-hmm. and, uh, and obviously young Roddy McGregor is one that's catching the eye as well. But <clears throat> not not just those two; they've got a good experience as well. A really good goalkeeper, another ex-teammate of mine, Mark Ridgers, who spent some time at St Mirren. Um, you know, Sean Welsh in the middle of the pitch is a really intelligent footballer as well. So we're not going to underestimate them. Of course, we'll be favourites going into it because we are the Premier League team. But um, you know, we saw what they done to Ross County um, up the road and. If we take a eye off the ball, then it can be a real banana skin for us, which you know we won't allow to happen. Last one from me, Jim. Just there on the goalkeeping situation, you, you mentioned Mark Ridgers, but what about Jack Anik? How good has, has he been for you this season? And, and you know, in terms of trying to execute that, you know, philosophy, keeping the ball and, and being a ball playing side that dominates possession in, in certain games, you need to have a good goalkeeper behind you, don't you? No, without a doubt, yeah. And um, you know, Barry, you know, hit the nail on the head earlier talking about recruitment because. Uh, as a manager, you can have the greatest ideas in the world and you can put on fantastic trading sessions and you can have all the tactics going on you like in your head, but unless you've got the players uh, on the park that can implement them ideas, then you're not going to be a success. And, um, you know, Vaclav Haladki, who was at the club prior to me coming in, uh, I think it was Oren Kearney who uh, who signed him and deserves the, the credit for that one, but Vaclav was always going to be a really difficult player to replace. And, um, you know, we... We scoured the market. Uh, we spent hours and hours and hours on Y scales, and we got out to as many games as possible. And we got numerous references from people. And, and Jack Anik was the top of the list. And um, we didn't honestly expect to get him, uh, to be honest. But Jack could see the bigger picture. He could see what we were trying to do as a club, and um, he saw it as a really good platform for himself to go and showcase his talents. You know, Mark Warburton is a, a footballing manager who likes to play the game in the right way, in my opinion. And he brought Jack to, to Rangers because that's the style of football he wants. And if you're going to build from the back, you need a goalkeeper that's comfortable with the ball at his feet uh, and has got good distribution. And, and Jack's range of passing is incredible. You know, he's, he's one of the best footballers in our team, to be honest. I can sit him in front of the, I, I can sit him in front of the back, lads, and um, he's like a quarterback. He just plays <laughs> balls here, there and everywhere. But uh, not just not just good with his feet, because I think we get carried away with that nowadays in the modern-day game. He's, uh, he's also a fantastic shot stopper and... Uh, it's probably earned us another 10 points this season, if you like. So I think Barry will agree, and Leanne, maybe you'll agree too, that the most important positions in any team is your goalkeeper and your and your centre-forward. And if you've got a goalkeeper making big saves and key moments in games and a, and a striker up the other end that can get you 15 or 20 a season, then you're halfway there, aren't you? Absolutely. For sure. Jim, you're going to be doing the kilt walks in Mirren FC... Foundation does so much work in the community and Gil Brannigan's doing it as well and many of your colleagues. So you're going to be doing it. Barry, you're doing it as well. Yep. What are you going to be doing over at that weekend, Jim? I know you'll be busy with the football. Are you doing a bit of walking or climbing? or? Yeah, I mean, look, um, it's it's something that um, you know I'm, I'm delighted to be a part of, uh, first and foremost. Um, since coming back to the club as manager, I've I, I built up a really good relationship with Gail Brannigan, who runs the foundation at St Mirren and uh, she does a, a brilliant job and, and we had a good time together uh, during Covid uh, or as good a time as what you could have in terms of the, the, the work that we've done in the community uh, we worked closely with the Star Project in Paisley and um, you know got out to the local community and were delivering numerous meals and different packages and, and that was a really good experience for me but also um, you know, a good opportunity for us as a club to give something back to the community because I think as football clubs we're always begging and pleading with the locals to come out and support the team and buy their season tickets and buy the merchandise and I thought that was a great opportunity for us to, to give something back to the locals. So 
this time round, the kilt walk is coming up. It's not the same as what it usually is because of COVID. So it's the virtual kilt walk. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to be taking part. It's my first time involved in it. Um, but we've got a number of uh, players signed up and other staff members as well. So we've got a target of £10,000. Mm. Um, any challenge whatsoever uh, is acceptable. For me, I'm going to... <laughs> Gail suggested that I run uh, 18.77 kilometres because our... Yeah. Uh, club was founded in 1877 but uh, <laughs> she doesn't know what shape I'm in at the moment so there's absolutely no way in the world of me running 18.77 kilometres just going to walk the remaining 15 Jim no well I'll tell you what I'm going to do Leanne I'm going to I'm going to uh, run around the, the stadium at, at St Mirren Park and I'm going to do uh, 1,877 steps which I think works out at about four laps of the stadium which will probably take me a about half an hour, but um, it's uh, no. Listen, it's something, it's um, and it'll go a little way to supporting the charity. And we're going to be doing that next Friday on the twenty third. And I would love to encourage anybody listening. Don't have to be St. Mirren fans, um, you know, Celtic fans, Rangers fans, whatever team you support. If you can go to the foundation at stmirren.com and uh, and join in the challenge, we're we're working alongside some uh, great projects at the moment. Um, we've got dementia for some of the elderly people in the yeah. community, some football memory stuff, and obviously working closely with some mental health charities as well. So without going on too long, I know no. you guys have got a programme to get on with, but uh, I would encourage anybody that wants to take part, please do. It's terrific. You're helping football memories, dementia friends, time to tackle, it's men's mental health, and fit for life for women and girls' personal development. Will he be in a kilt, do you think, Barry, when he runs it? Has he got the legs for it? He still looks fat, to be fair. That, that, is, uh, that is part of the, the bargain. I have to wear a kilt, which I'm looking forward to. I haven't worn a kilt uh, since my wedding day, my one and only time. My, my wife wrote me into wearing a kilt for whatever reason, I don't know, but I haven't worn one since. So I'll have a kilt on next Friday, climbing the steps at the stadium, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Nothing on underneath. <laughs> no, I'll do it. I'll do it the proper way, Barry. Good I'm, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, yep. yeah. Well, we're going to sponsor I hope, you. And hopefully, yep. the wind is not blowing too much <laughs> while the camera's on me. Indeed, <laughs> and we're going to sponsor you. And Sir Tom Hunter adds fifty percent to everything you oh, raise. So it's great. I'm just explaining to Barry. You can do whatever you want over that weekend, and we'll sponsor you as well. Our own I'll Ali be walking. Is doing it. I've got yeah. a dodgy knee. Okay, you'll be walking, and Leanne, you're going to do it. We'll sponsor you as well. You can do it yeah, anytime I'll get, over that I'll weekend. Get something done. Jim, good luck on Friday night and also the following weekend for the Kilt Walk. Thanks so much for joining thanks us. Thanks very much. Good luck, thanks, for giving me the, uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak about the, the foundation as well and thanks for the sponsorship too and, uh, and best of luck with, the, with everything on your end as well. Okay, take care, guys. Thanks, thanks Jim. Thanks very See much. Ya. Top man, Jim, good one there. The, he speaks so well about it all, doesn't he? About the football, about the community because Gail Brannigan does a great job. Uh, she's climbing Ben Nevis uh, on the Kilt Walk and to help these charities. So it, it's brilliant. The work going on in football, it, it's so many of the clubs yeah it's brilliant it's great to hear but in terms of the football side he's somebody mm. who's really impressed me I've got to be honest with you um, you remember Jim as a player mm-hmm. um, he was in your face loved a tackle um, you watch his team as he mentioned when he was doing his his interview there he likes his team to get the ball down and play the proper way mm. and they're a good team to watch and as I said I was just interested that it's a, a an area where he's he's went to to bring players in from Southern Ireland, and the players he's brought across, a lot of people wouldn't have heard of them. No. But you know what? They'll know about him now because they've really impressed me. What I like about Jim is that he always deflects away from himself. Yep. You know, he never sits and says, "I've done this and I've done right. that," and it's about me. Even the leadership. When you look at the St Mirren squad and the res- the recruitment, of course, you need to give credit to the club for backing him. But Jim's identified these players and. 
he coaches them every day you know he develops them and, and certainly when they cross the pitch that's the one thing and, and that's why I asked him you see those leadership qualities in the St Mirren squad but, it, it um, was, but he, he's going to go far in the game Jim it was a sign in the Brophy it kind of because he's a Scottish international as, yeah. as Jim mentioned Aberdeen Dundee United there was big clubs after him and he chose St Mirren so that tells you a lot what he's with, doing there he gets on a level with players you know that they want to play for him quick break and then we're back for the final section the Go Radio Football Show Let's go Glasgow's nearest radio station it's Go Radio from the heart of Glasgow you can hear us all throughout the west and the east right across the central belt and of course we're on the internet where the apps are at almost 600,000 the number of downloads of the programme thanks so much tomorrow night in the programme it's going to be Rob McLean Davy Proven and Chris Burke so two former Kilmarnock wingers coming up against each other well he's not Chris is still the Kilmarnock uh, player Davy as well he's a good player yeah, so that should be good is, yep. as you know as old as Davy <laughs> <laughs> what a goal he scored at the weekend yeah, he, yeah? he did listen he's he's doing brilliantly because yep. I think three or four years ago he had a bad illness when he was up at Ross County um, and he came through it come back down to Kilmarnock and I'll be honest with you him I think Chris Burke and Kyle Lafferty are the two main players to get Kilmarnock out of the relegation that's why I think they'll finish third bottom I, I don't think they'll get relegated I don't think they'll finish in the playoff um, I think with the equality that they've got in Berkey mm-hmm. and Kyle Lafferty that'll be enough to fire them out that good news Kelly fans listening Liam what do you reckon so Hamilton's still at the bottom and Kilmarnock Ross County it's, it's so tight what do you think it's so tight to the point that you, you couldn't call it and it's one of those ones probably with Kilmarnock you would never expect them to be in that position but as the games go on even at the weekend being across it you just think it, it was probably a game that you would expect them at this stage of the season to, you know, to go and win it, mm. and they started really well, but they were pegged back twice. You know, and mm. and it's probably two points dropped really in in their part. Um, it's going to be great. I mean, the running for, for any neutral and any as in the media across it, it's, it's going to be some running between that at the bottom. It, you know, the Premiership, the top of the Championship, with the playoffs and the games coming up. And the, Jim mentioned that the fixtures are great because it's every other day there's a game on now. You know, it's so intense. I'll agree with Barry, Chris Burke. You, top class professional unbelievable um, mm. what he's achieved in his career and he still is he's a real leader on the pitch as well you know probably a bit quieter than some but he goes about his business and he leads by example you like someone uh, you can see Berkey. that he's got a wee bit uh, of him. He yeah. likes it. I've heard him on here a couple of times say that I'm on <laughs> that's rich <laughs> he says what he gets his bit in no, but do you know what he is I'll tell you as a young yep. boy coming through it he always had the potential there was no, no doubt in it he could win a game mm-hmm. yeah he could win a game um, and you just need to look at the clubs that Burke's played for the career he's had played at one of my old clubs Birmingham mm-hmm. Nottingham Forest Cardiff Rangers um, so he's had a real good career and he's a real top player Burke and it's great to see he's 36 going on 37 yep he'll um, love you for that <laughs> but yes. he still looks fit as a fiddle he obviously looks after himself um, trains every single day and all credit to him playing, still playing at this level. That's what happens now, isn't it? You think of Stephen Davis, look at uh, Alan mm-hmm. McGregor. I mean, then and look in the international stage, look at one of the world's best, Ronaldo. I mean, what age is Ronaldo now? Um, I know he's not, he's not 37 yet, but he's 34, 35. But yeah. fit as a fiddle is uh, mm-hmm. amazing and playing at that level. Tonight, uh, the Champions League, you're looking forward, you're going to be watching Brilliant. Man City. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you fancy the, the Germans? It's going to be a, 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 it's a tough one to call, but mm. I, I'm going to go with Man City. I'm going to go with Man City. Mm. Uh, they've got to be wary, but Dortmund are a, 
a top team mm-hmm. um, it was a great game the last game um, but I'm going to go away with Man City they've got real quality and they've got a wee genius in their team that I keep talking about I just love watching yeah. them Phil Foden I, he's just yeah. he's just amazing to watch uh, I could watch him all day just does things with a football that a lot of people can't um, and he's going to be one of the best players and I've known the best player in the world there's one for you wow one, that's how yeah. highly I rate him world yeah. class he right. is world class okay. and he seems grounded as well doesn't he yep. he doesn't seem to be a player I know he's had these moments over maybe the last year or so um, off the pitch but certainly on the pitch he, he plays mm. he's matured beyond his years mm. you know and he seems just level headed you and know what grounded I love about him, Leon? he's playing with world class players but he demands the ball mm-hmm. and he doesn't look out of yeah. place no, totally. and he's and used to that, that. You know, he's, he's had these moments and Pep's brought him in taken him out of the team brought, he's gave him that gradual build up where people were going why is he not playing why is he not on the team all the time Pep's looked after him that way um, but I actually fancy Dortmund tonight to be honest I think yeah absolutely love Haaland um, oh. <laughs> he is on a different I mean, he is literally on a different level at times how much is he worth now and it's hundred odd million, isn't it? Uh, That's what they're saying. Uh, easily, yep. easily, Paul. Yep. When you think of the the, the mad money that gets spent sure. in the game, yep. um, and Man City's the team that he's been linked with as well, yep. isn't it? So he mm. might have a, a wee bit to prove again tonight. And Pep is so desperate to win the Champions League with Man City. That's the the thing, and he says it. You know that the, he won't feel he's achieved what he wanted to at uh, the Etihad until he wins the Champions League. I think this is our best chance mm-hmm. this season. Yep. I know, I know it's going to be a tough one tonight but I think if you look who's been Munich out um, I fancied them mm-hmm. um, a few months back so th- this if they get through this tonight it's Man City's for me Leanne obviously Real Madrid have been in the driving seat against Liverpool but it's uh, it's at the cop although there's obviously nobody there very few people what do you think tonight can Liverpool come back? <sighs> I mean again it's going to be a big ask isn't it because Liverpool this season have not been the Liverpool of, of you know probably the last two seasons yeah. but it is Anfield but then without the fans I think it's one of those ones if you had the atmosphere and the noise you would expect a quick start for Liverpool I think it might just be a step too far for them tonight because Real Madrid were, were ruthless oh, last were week brilliant. yeah mm-hmm. really good I mean the first half performance for Liverpool last week I was really disappointed I thought they were so far off the pace um but Madrid and even when you look at you know Luka Modric he's just strolling it in the middle of the pitch you know he's a player player that's 35, 36 you know just phenomenal you played against him Barry didn't you yep yep but when Leanne just mentioned him he's another one I would (laughs) flashbacks in Barry's face I would just pay to watch he's just a wonderful football player honestly he's just he never looks stressed though he never looks like he's having to work hard to get on the ball and Mm. he just is there Mm. he's in the right areas he dictates Mm. the game he breaks up play then I go about size size doesn't matter look at guys like him Modric's 5 foot 6 Five foot seven. And Foden as well. Not the biggest. Yep. Xavi, Iniesta, mm-hmm. some of the best players yep. in the world. Brilliant. Keep and going. Then when I hear it. these coaches saying about, <laughs> <laughs> it's all about when I, I, yep. I just hear people, oh, he's not big enough. He's not this. Like, yep. Go and look at these players. And young one coming through, Billy Gilmer. But there's another one, Billy Gilmer. I, I hope he gets out and playing, Billy Gilmer. I don't know if the loan window shot is it. Mm. Thanks. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Not go yeah. Anyway, and for Scotland as well. He's just a a brilliant player just wants the ball when he's under pressure I love seeing that for young players great football tonight great football in the cup this coming weekend so Leanne who would be your tips to get to I mean we can't say it was going to be Rangers or Celtic but assuming it, it could be one of the old firm who are there who has got the best chance then this year is it Hibs that you're going for do you think to come through 
or St Mirren we spoke there or Aberdeen now under yeah, St Johnson Barry reckons maybe St Johnson what would you think? Possibly I mean for me Hibs I think you know if they're finishing the season strong you know they get that third spot as well I think Jack Ross will be determined to go and get to a cup final at mm. least you know, See the only problem I've got with Hibs see when it becomes a bit of a pressure mm-hmm. game yeah. the, the, the struggle Yeah, The bottle is it yeah, bottle? I, I don't know. That's something that must worry Jack Ross mm-hmm. when they get into no, positions you're right. yeah, where it's that expectation to win the game and there's pressure on them. They fail to deliver, and that's something that'll worry Jack Ross. And I think St Mirren have perhaps been a bit like that as well because St Mirren actually were more convincing when there was no expectations mm-hmm. in them being in the top six. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to that crunch couple of games where it was you need to get the points on the table they just fell short right. you know so Good it is point. a psychological yeah. thing it's not often the best team it's it, it's the players in the, in the group of players that can then cope with that pressure and they did what nobody else did they beat Rangers Absolutely. at Ibrox yeah. you know they beat them in, in the cup and they'll fancy yeah. that and again they deserve, they'll, they'll, they deserve yeah. to beat Rangers uh, yeah. and I think in the next round sorry Paul maybe they so Mirren will come up against Kilmarnock or Montrose indeed. so again yep. you're looking at that in Kilmarnock is that really their priority yep. the cup you know if they're in this position in the league so the countdown's on now we've only got a couple of minutes remaining to the game Rangers had Monday off uh, after the weekend matches Celtic probably too the last few days just before it Barry what's it like now with just a few sleeps to go before the match the players uh, this time of the season I don't suppose you're doing that much just excitement I'll be honest with you training will be um absolute flying people will be desperate to get into that starting 11 mm-hmm. um, and training will be a lot of high tempo and there'll be a good atmosphere listen Rangers I've got to get into the game confident I don't care what anybody says they're the form team they've had an unbelievable season it could get even better with this big game on Sunday and it's um, the last couple of games as I said they'll be spoke about we've not really performed at the levels that we expect um, so if I'm Rangers I'm confident going into the game he's excited now Leanne yes. what do you think is going to happen then in the last minute what do you reckon well, do you know what I think will be interesting the fact that Alfredo Morelos scored in the last mm-hmm. from game there's no pressure on him now yep. he's not chasing that goal that, that people expected him to get so I think you might actually see a different side to him in the way he performs maybe a bit more relaxed um, I think it would be an absolute cracker of a game Paul I genuinely I couldn't call it but I'll be looking forward to seeing it in, in Sunday afternoon once my game's over good luck in your game on Sunday Motherwell yes. you'll be playing Glasgow City. Yep. yep. Leanne, thanks so much for joining us. That was a great, it's a quick uh, two hours. It's been dominated early on, obviously, by the news about uh, Cadella gets a 10 match ban. But our poll, over 90% of you reckoned it should have been more than that. Thanks so much. Rob's here tomorrow night with Chris mm-hmm. Burke, Davey Proven, and they'll do it all again tomorrow night at five. Enjoy the evening. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.